program all the podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Drew Grimaldi podcast. It is uh, Monday, uh, the 20th. A lot of crazy shit going on in the world right now. A lot, a lot, a lot of crazy shit. So one thing that I wanted to start out with was was something that has been kind of apparent, like everybody kind of knows it's been going on, but the Biden regime is one of the least transparent uh, regimes that we've ever seen. And when I say that, I, I, it's it's everything. I mean, down to the lies, down to the the narrative that they push, and and it's just terrible. But KJP uh, was called out for not calling on certain um, reporters in the press corps. Uh, check this one out. So this one's pretty crazy right here. I have right done now, that. I have done that. All my emails have been ignored. I have done that. On the Sunday, you get questioned all the time, and you don't understand why it is to sit here for eight months and be discriminated against. On the Sunday, you're in the front row, and you feel comfortable, and you get questioned all the time. But there are people in the back who don't get any questions. Don't make assumptions about what the rest of us do. Mind your manners when you're in here. If you have a problem, you bring it up afterwards. But you are impinging on everybody in here who's only trying to do their job. Okay, thank you. I'm saying that you shouldn't discriminate against some people because you don't agree with their question or you're offended by your question. We all heard it. All right. Guys, as you all know, many of you know, this is the White House press briefing, the storage room, a room that should have the quorum, a room where folks should respect their colleagues and respect the guests that are here. And I understand that there's going to be give and take. That's the way the press briefing has gone for, for decades before me. And I will always, always... Crazy. Crazy that that's going on. She uh, she is, is literally not calling on specific journalists because she knows that she doesn't want to answer those questions because it's somebody that will actually point out, you know, a lot of the Biden regime, um, you know, stuff. Um, so, you know, in, ter- in terms of like bad things going on. Now, that reporter has gotten into confrontational things with her in the past. And he's sitting there saying, this isn't China. This isn't Russia. He's like, why won't you call on me? It's not a free press. It's not freedom of the press. It's, it's kind of a joke. But these people are not getting called on, the people that are asking the serious questions. So how that's how you know that there's a huge disconnect. They are gaslighting us at this point. They are just saying, don't believe what you see with your eyes. Don't believe what you hear with your ears. Just believe what the state-run news puts out. And that's what it is. So tomorrow, there's supposed to be something crazy that happens. 
Um, like I said, it's Monday the 20th. Tomorrow, the 21st, um, Trump thinks that he's going to be arrested for the whole thing that happened with Stormy Daniels in 2016 that has never gotten anywhere. It's never done anything. No, you know, it's not even a very serious case. In fact, a lot of people are really mad at, at this DA right now who's a Soros, who is a Soros-funded DA. Um, the DA took tons of money from Soros, and he did all of that. But Soros knows that all the billions that he spends, that he has more, that he gets more out of his investment per dollar when he's doing these uh, DA, um, you know, judges, races, stuff like that, because he knows that they will do his dirty work in, in, in terms of helping the Democrats and stuff like that. This guy's a snake. Soros, George Soros is an absolute snake. But this DA up in, in uh, New York decided that they're going to try to um, that they're going to try to arrest Donald Trump uh, on Tuesday. And with the arrest, um, everybody's kind of, um, you know, gotten behind Donald Trump, even the people that, you know, the Republicans that weren't necessarily with him before. Um, but I think Donald Trump will ultimately get the nomination. But I come to this. So this is in Florida. Um, Ron DeSantis is obviously, you know, somebody that everybody thinks is also going to run. Uh, but Ron DeSantis didn't really have anything really strong to say about what's going on with Trump being arrested. Um, here's this video here. This is Ron DeSantis. I've seen rumors swirl. I have not seen any facts uh, yet, and so I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know this. The, the Manhattan District Attorney is a Soros-funded prosecutor. And so he, like other Soros-funded prosecutors, they weaponize their office to impose a political agenda on society at the expense of the rule of law and public safety. He has downgraded over 50% of the felonies to misdemeanors. He says he doesn't want to even have jail time for the vast, vast majority of crimes. And what we've seen in Manhattan is we've seen the, sky, the, the crime rate go up, and we've seen citizens become less safe. And so you're talking about this situation with, and look, I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to, to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. I just, I can't speak to that. But what I can speak to is that if you have a prosecutor who is ignoring crimes happening every single day in his jurisdiction, and he chooses to go back many, many years ago uh, to try to use something about porn star hush money payments, you know, that's an example of pursuing a political agenda and weaponizing the office. And um, I think that that's fundamentally wrong. I also think it's important to point out when you're talking about these Soros-funded prosecutors, yes, they may do a high-profile politicized prosecution, uh, and that's bad, but the real victims are ordinary New Yorkers, ordinary Americans in all these different jurisdictions, that they get victimized every day because of the reckless political agenda that these Soros DAs bring to their job. They ignore <clears throat> crime and they empower criminals, and that hurts people. It hurts a lot of people every single day. These Soros district attorneys are a menace to society, and I'm just glad that I'm the only governor in the country that's actually removed one from office during my tenure.
So that's Ron, real Ron DeSantis there. Um, that was his take. He took a few shots at Trump, <clears throat> you know. But I think ultimately, I think he all said the exact same thing that we're all thinking. Everything right now in the government is weaponized. And Donald Trump has said it. If they can arrest him for something or try to put him in jail, this is just, you know, like Russian and Chinese types, you know, communism, where they're like, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. Well, that's what they're trying to do here with Donald Trump. There's nothing that they can really get him on, but they're still going to make up laws just to try to get something on him because they want a picture of Donald Trump in handcuffs. That's what they want. They want a picture of Donald Trump in handcuffs. And they want to show him walking out. They want to put him into the cop car. That's what they want to see. That's not what they're going to see. Because what's going to happen is Trump's just going to turn himself in. And the whole thing is, is just a joke. It's just completely a fraud. But I'm going to continue on. Um, so polling... Um, I thought this was pretty interesting. I was talking about a lot of the banks and stuff collapsing recently um, and how even more of the banks are starting to go. Um, there was one bank today that, that one was, you know, they're all just trying to come up with capital because there's a bank run. And people are saying that maybe tomorrow there will be a bank run as well because if Donald Trump is arrested, it's going to be such an embarrassment for the United States. But the, everybody else on, on the other side, <clears throat> our enemies, our adversaries, they are going to be the ones that, that benefit from, from all of this. And they are the ones that have benefited from Joe Biden being in office. It came out this week that, and I, we, it's, we all knew it, but there was more money that was actually given to the Bidens through the Chinese government. Um, and actually, a lot of the, a lot of that those funds went to Haley Biden, so it was you know this crazy thing where all these Bidens, including Joe's brother and Hunter, and all these people are getting all this money, influencing you know by by peddling influence all over the world, and they're getting all this money from China. Well, China is our biggest threat right now, not Russia. China is our biggest threat. And then today, Putin and Xi Jinping from China, he actually, um, they met. They met. So what they talked about, think about that. Think about a meeting of minds between two world powers, and they're trying to figure out how they can just fuck the United States even more. That sounds great, doesn't it? But I digress. So right now we're in a terrible position in the United States. Our banks are failing. And um, they did some polling on, on that. Check this out. This is interesting. In the last video we produced, I lamented our lack of numbers on the Silicon Valley Bank bailout. But finally, here they are. The federal government recently intervened to take over Silicon Valley Bank. Do you approve or disapprove of the federal government's takeover of Silicon Valley Bank? 47% of voters at least somewhat approve, but only 22% approve strongly. 40% of voters disapprove, but 24% strongly disapprove. Before we hit the polling internals, let me take a moment to tell you about all of our great historical polling, almost 20 years of it. As a result, we know more than your average bear about the topic of bailouts. 
And believe it or not, these numbers make the Silicon Valley Bank bailout one of the most popular in history. Voters are usually strongly against them. Here are some ancient numbers from almost 15 years ago, October 2008. Now keep in mind, this is barely a few short weeks after Lehman Brothers imploded, casting uncertainty across the entire subprime mortgage-afflicted financial system. Do you favor or oppose the banking rescue plan? Then 30% of voters supported it and 45% opposed it. 25% were not sure, but at the time there was quite a bit of uncertainty about the details of the plan. To understand the difference between now and then, let's look at party numbers. Only 27% of Republicans, 33% of Democrats, and 28% of independents were in favor of the bailout. Why were those numbers so low? At the time, in the same set, 59% of voters agreed that government is the problem, not the solution, and a majority, 63%, government said is the that problem. Wall Street would benefit more. Only 22% said the average taxpayer would benefit more. Great. Now let's look at party numbers for our current set. Whether voters approve or disapprove of the federal government's intervention on Silicon Valley Bank. 35% of Republicans approve, though only 12% strongly approve. 52% disapprove. But look at independents. They're only a few points off from Republicans. Two points more in favor and four points less opposed. Interesting. If you flash back a few slides to 2008, you'll see directionally that Republicans and independents are about the same. Crazy. So what's different? Look at Democrats. 67% of them are now in favor of Silicon Valley Bank's bailout. Gross. 38% oh. approve strongly. China, all China. That's over twice as much as the Democrats who supported the bailout in October of 2008. And if you think it's only because Biden's in office now and Obama wasn't yet in 2008, here are some numbers from another bailout set in July of 2009. Though most in favor of government funding to states, only 31% of Democrats supported it. Back to the current set. Biden's strong approvers are wildly in favor of the Silicon Valley Bank bailout and strong disapprovers most opposed. A much right. So think about that. You have a right now a majority of people that do not want this bank bailed out. The Silicon Valley Bank has tons of uh, Chinese money in it as well. So Janet Yellen was asked about it. If we bail out these, you know, this bank, or are the Chinese people that have all their money in there, are they going to get their money back too? And he says, she says, well, I would assume, but we wouldn't know if they were Chinese or not. And it's like, come on. Like, these people are bailing out China. They're bailing out their rich friends. The Democrat Party used to be the party of the working class, of, of, the, of, of, the, of the middle class, of, of, and they're not anymore. I don't understand how people don't see that. This is not about having a heart and stuff like that. There's a certain way that the country has to be run to be successful. We need to pump more oil. We need to do we need to do a lot of these things. And the Biden regime has just been this black cloud over the United States since the regime coup on November 3rd, 2020. 20, yeah. So, I'm going to say this. Most people are against this bailout. This big bank bailout is just another friends or are all the friends of Sam Bankman-Fried. And I guarantee that with all the money that he donated to Democrats and all that, he won't see a lick of jail time. 
It's just a prediction. Don't know if it'll be right or not, but we'll see. But I continue on. So that's how polling is going right now, you know, with the banks and, and stuff like that going down. Everything's crashing, you know, the economy, the stock market's crashing, you know, the world's going to hell. We're looking at World War Three, And Kamala Harris, Kalama, thinks Biden's doing a great job. True partner, and he understands the job. And remember, we came in during the height of the pandemic. Yes. And so, so much of the work was about, okay, we've got to cover a lot of bases, and let's figure out how between us we can do it. But he is um, an extraordinary leader, and I wish that people could see what I see, because uh, there's only one person who sits behind that resolute desk. He really is a true partner. I just think that's such a disgusting answer. I mean, this woman... It's been terrible. And all she can say is, oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I think Joe's doing such a great job. Nobody fucking thinks they're doing a great job. Most Americans think they are garbage. There's like a very small group of kids that they think, but even kids are growing up to it. Even though the, 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 that the communists and the Democrats and, and the Chinese, they have infiltrated U.S. academia and science and, and medicine and all of these things. And people just don't see it, that we are already under attack. And the guy in the White House is literally everything that they tried to accuse Donald Trump of being. They tried to say Donald Trump was a Russian agent. Well, guess what? If there was as much smoking gun evidence as what they have on, on Joe Biden and his crackhead son and his fucked up family, then, he, then he'd be in trouble. I mean, it's insane. But I'm going to continue on here. I'm going to continue on with the banks. This is what Fox News had to say about the banks. Uh, we are going through a lot when it comes to interest rate, when it comes to some bank failures. Overall, I think there is a lot happening in the market. The market possibly are reacting a lot, over a lot in a certain way, and we need to be careful. Investor confidence in American banking is low following the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank over the weekend. Uh, we are going through... A lot we are going through um, lots of turmoil panic yeah if they arrest donald trump tomorrow get every cent out of your bank you have to you have to get it you're gonna have to get your shit out because that shit's crashing it's going down um it's the whole banking system is about to collapse i just saw something not too long ago i can't confirm it but um Apparently, J.P. Morgan got completely scammed out of like million, like hundreds of millions of dollars that they thought was nickel, and it turned out to be bags of rock in in somewhere in in Dutchland. But can't confirm it. But I think J.P. Morgan is going to be the next one to go. I think. I think they were looking for those funds to help some, you know, to help out, you know, one of the failing banks, and they're like, oh shit, we have just as big of a problem. This is going to be a huge issue. So I think J.P. Morgan's the next one to fall. Um, I wanted to touch on this really quick. I am officially out of Twitter jail. Um, I was in Twitter jail for uh, the last week, six days. And it, uh, it was quite enlightening. I wanted to tell everybody I have a lot of pent-up anger. Um, but I'll say this. I'll say this shit. Um, 
I'm back on Twitter. Here's what got me uh, banned. So, Adam Kinsinger uh, was saying some bullshit, you know, for January 6th about how it was an insurrection. And uh, I said, and he just took a job with CNN. So I said, CNN is where con artists go to die. And they banned me for a week. I think Adam Kinsinger actually fucking reported me. Because he's been giving a, a bunch of people on Twitter a fucking hard time. He's probably mad that he doesn't have any more of that actual power to just be like, ban them. Ban them from Twitter, I say. Fucking. These people, man. That's what they thought. They thought, oh, you don't, I don't like what you have to say. I will quiet you. You know what? That's not American. And if you think that way, get the fuck out. You can go to one of those fucking shithead countries, one of those shithole countries. You know, like China or any of those things, where they're locking fucking people indoors by chains. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? No, thank you. But I don't remember what this next one is, uh, but it says MSNBC in a nutshell. That's my note on it. So let's take a look. The board right now. Oh, that's a tranny. A road test for authoritarianism in the United States. How can you sort of um, separate, demonize, stigmatize uh, an entire group of people uh, in order to build the type of society that religious zealots want? And they're trying this. And eerily, what I get confused by is why people don't see that that's what's happening. Um, don't understand that in some ways that we are, this is a prototype just like the early 1930s were in Germany. I'm not saying that this is an equivalent period in terms of what is no, but, ultimately but they did, going. But they did road test everything. The board right now is a... That's MSNBC in a nutshell right there. I can't say anything more than that. I, uh, um, you know, I, listen, here's how I think about it. I am truly a libertarian. I do not care what you do. I don't care if you own a gun. I don't care if you really, I don't care if you get an abortion. I don't care if you're gay. You know, that's the great thing about living in America. You're free to do all these things. Whatever you want to do. Just don't push your thought process or ideology onto me. And that's, and you know, and I think that is one thing that is pretty disgusting about the Democrat Party. And it's it's great to see the Republicans finally fight back because for the longest time, the back, you know, they had no backbone, the Republicans. Um, you know, there are a lot of these wishy-washy, you know, people in there, your Paul Ryans and uh, your Mitt Romneys, you know, these garbage fucking Republicans. And I'll be honest with you, that is the huge problem. That, that, that's one of the problems that they still have in Michigan. Michigan is going to be a blue state until they can figure that shit out. But the Michigan GOP suck. They're weak as fuck. They're very weak. And it's because, you know, they're the type of people that turn their back and backstab Trump. You know, they backstab Tudor Dixon. You know, they said that it was it was her fault and that she was a weak candidate. No. Whitmer had tons of that Dark Soros money flooding in so that you had a commercial every single time. And they ran on the fact that Tudor Dixon wants to, wanted to end um, abortion or make it illegal, which wasn't even true. It should be a state thing. It should be put to the states. Not It should not be a federal decision. But I digress. 
back to that video, MSNBC in a nutshell. So I continue on. But they've just infiltrated TV. They've infiltrated everything. And it's just, it's just disgusting. They've weaponized everything. And uh, this next one is just another uh, victim of the Biden regime. Um, this guy ran a meme page, um, kind of like what I run. I'm not, uh, <laughs> you know, just something funny, you know, put up shit like that. But uh, the Biden DOJ is trying to put this guy in jail because he ran a meme page and they're trying to charge him with all sorts of crazy shit. Check this out. The federal criminal trial of a man called Douglas Mackey began this week in Brooklyn. It's the single greatest assault on free speech and human rights in this country's modern history. The Biden administration is trying to send a man to prison for saying things they don't like and create a precedent so they can do it to you too. Here's the background. During the 2016 presidential campaign, Mackey posted memes that made fun of Hillary Clinton and her supporters. One of them on Twitter read this way, quote, avoid the line, vote from home, text Hillary to 59925. That was obviously a joke and everyone knew it was a joke. But the FBI, which probably has nothing else to do, tracked down several people who texted that number in Mackey's meme. None of them remembered even doing it. That's according to discovery in the case. So there's no victim here. No one was fooled by what Mackey did. And yet days after Biden took office, four years after Mackey posted that meme, the feds arrested him and they charged him with conspiring to interfere with the rights of American citizens. He'd go to jail for 10 years for that. That means if you crack a joke on the internet that Democrats don't like, federal prosecutors get to decide you're interfering with an election. It's hard to imagine a more Soviet prosecution than this, but it gets worse. The DOJ's key witness against Mackey is a member of Mackey's group chat from seven years ago. But DOJ will not let his lawyers, Mackey's lawyers, conduct a full cross-examination of that witness because he works for the FBI. In other words, the FBI put an agent in his group text. DOJ just obtained an order, quote, precluding questioning by the defense concerning the details of any of the confidential witnesses' current proactive work for the FBI or any other government agencies. What? The DOJ is also telling Mackey's lawyers they can't even say the name of this witness, this snitch, in open court. Now, that violates the Confrontation Clause in the Constitution. You get to confront witnesses against you in a free country, especially when they're FBI informants. But that no longer exists. Right. The DOJ says if this man's identity is disclosed, he will face online harassment. Therefore, he gets to testify anonymously. What's incredible about the standard is it does not apply to the defense's own witnesses because rights only apply to the Biden people. Yesterday, a hatchet man with the Southern Poverty Law Center, an organization that currently employs at least one suspected domestic terrorist was recently arrested, reached out to a defense expert witness called George Hawley. The Southern Poverty Law Center's goon also obtained Hawley's private emails and questioned him about them. He threatened to write an article about Hawley and asked Hawley if his employer was aware that he was a witness in this case. That's witness intimidation. That's what it is, witness intimidation. And it worked. Hawley had to withdraw as a witness. He's not an FBI informant, so he gets no protection from harassment. Today, Judge Nicholas Garofis postponed the trial until next week so the defense can find a new expert. He should dismiss this case immediately with prejudice. Everything about it, starting with the charges themselves, to so the timing, to the intimidation of witnesses, violates the Constitution. And if free speech, the First Amendment, means anything, it means that what's happening to Doug Mackey is an outrage and should end immediately. I mean, isn't that crazy? The guy runs a meme page, and literally, like Tucker said, the FBI has nothing better to do. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, weaponizing the three-letter agencies against so many people just to, to, to silence their political opposition and 
call them domestic terrorists and you know any literally i'm gonna say it, anybody who says and still calls january 6th and a quote-unquote insurrection should be slapped i mean seriously just just fucking slap them open-handed i mean just you know just hit them i don't don't mean that but i mean that's how bad it is is that you need to get people to stop saying this shit because it's not true just because you don't like somebody and somebody keeps repeating a lie doesn't make it make it true and that goes with democrats and republicans but the democrats are always the ones pushing these these lies and that's where we are i mean it, it, it's tough to see but here's uh here's my last one here then i'll let you go this one here um this mom gets sued um for literally asking and then like i said just another biden victim of the biden doj because he put after like the the fbi and all these people in, in the doj after these moms and at, at, at you know the parent teacher or at these like you know at these open houses or whatever the fuck but they're all standing up and they're just like bitching this mom gets sued for asking about what type of curriculum they're teaching at, at their kid's school as it is a is a as a parent wouldn't you want to know what your kid's learning they say no because because it, what they're teaching your kid is more important than than your rights as a parent check this out they're from rhode island who was sued by the teachers union simply because i wanted to know what my kindergartner would be learning in school i asked to see the curriculum and my school told me i had to submit a public records request the curriculum wasn't posted online and it wasn't available in a school district then I asked them if they were teaching gender theory, and they told me that they don't call children boys and girls, and they embed the values of gender identity into every classroom, including kindergarten, and they didn't want to answer any of my questions further. They told me that they would communicate with me only through public records requests, and that is the only way I could get my questions answered. They said that I was causing chaos, wreaking havoc, harming the district, harming children. One school board member even said she felt unsafe and started to cry because as you see, I'm really scary standing here <laughs> right now. And they really just tarred and feathered me for asking questions. And they had never met me before, and this was the first school board meeting that I had ever been to in my life. They wanted to send a message to other parents that if you ask questions, they will come after you. Well, at the end of this meeting, they decided that they, they wouldn't sue me for asking questions because they never intended on actually suing me. They just wanted to publicly humiliate me in a school board meeting that was a show trial. And when that happened, then the teachers union, the largest teachers union in the country, the NEA, did file a lawsuit against I am a mother from Rhode Island who was... So that's where we're at. Moms are getting sued for asking what their kids are learning in school. Trump's about to get arrested tomorrow for paying off a adult fucking porn star <laughs> a long time ago, and uh, yeah, they're, we're all just getting we're all under attack right now. America's under attack, and and the guy in in charge is is waving the white flag, and that's where we're at. We got a country to save. Thanks so much for listening. Keep the faith. Get out there. Talk shit to a liberal today. And God bless.